Hey, do you want to rant about that? No. You don't want to rant about the other thing? What thing? What did you rant? Oh, God. Yeah, I can talk about that when we're done. Hey, it's August 3rd. Did you know that? Joe, it's August 3rd. Jeez, August 3rd. August 3rd, yeah. What year is it? Um, It's still 2020. I Uh, mean, it's a freight train to the end of the year so far, so let's just keep going with that. (laughs) Good God. Um, As I said, we're just going to get right at it. We got lots of feedback last week from extended, unintendedly extended long uh, kickstart where we just kind of went down the rabbit hole and spent a lot. I mean, it helped to be so long because we talked about the back in black 40th anniversary so much. And because then it spurned a lot of the conversations about Mutt Lang and a bunch of other music. And yeah, man, it was Jeez. definitely a music centric uh, focused episode for sure. It was, but you know, music, if you listen to the show at all, even in a standard episode, I mean, music is always a big conversation with us because we got raised in a time where people were ultra critical of, the new music coming out and quite honestly it was unjustified some of it was yeah some of it was crap but for the most part man what are we reveling now and this isn't just nostalgia now that we're reveling in we're reveling in some people that really made art that made a difference and didn't maybe not so much at the time where it was obvious but over time it's it's shown to be the case and last week we finally got uh, the premiere of the Go-Go's documentary that we've been hearing about since December. And then, of course, it's since Sundance that this was a really good time for any casual fan of the Go-Go's. And, man, Allison Elwood, who directed it, did a, an amazing job. She put a, a, an amazing team together to put this. And, dude, it, like, we talked about it briefly. The editor is known for doing uh, ESPN's 30 for 30s. Yeah, totally. And it really feels like that. It was neat seeing something that would normally have like a behind the music treatment, like you were mentioning. Right. Somebody, one of the, one of the uh, articles in the, uh, in the review of the doc said that. Um, and we, I think we both agreed that it's it doesn't feel like a normal documentary. And it makes you wonder, like, what are people seeing? Did you actually watch it? <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was like. I was like, well, were you, were, did you watch it all the way through? Or did you just kind of, were you in and out of the room when this yeah. is going on? And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I love those behind the music. Um, yeah. You know, but I, I didn't feel that this had the same kind of pacing. Mm-mm. Or it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was getting a behind the music. I felt like I was getting something better. Uh, something different. Yeah. Um, maybe not, I mean, maybe not better. Like I said, I like those things a lot. I feel like, you know, you're getting something different, a little bit, you know, more like the 30 for 30s, which I find fascinating. I have not, I have yet to see a bad one. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I would have, I, I totally, this documentary was something I wasn't 
expecting. I was expecting a more traditional sort of, here it is, this is the rise. But I mean, some of the techniques that she used, yeah. you know, the old Polaroids and such. I mean, it, I mean, I thought it was really good. I, I'm going to watch it again this afternoon, you know, because I watched it late, late last night. I, I, I was all geared up to watch it at midnight when you texted me and tell me it was live. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you mean I can watch it now? So, uh, yeah, so I immediately did. Yeah. So I don't think I've really got into it on the show before about how much I crushed on Jane Wheeland back in the day. And I think anybody that had a fondness for the Go-Go's had somebody in the band that they were into. Most people kind of lean towards Belinda being the front woman and all that. But Jane, well, she was just as far out there, you know, And but she's cute, dude. She's this cute pixie. And how can you not fall in love with her? You know, when you're all 11, 12 years old and this cute little thing that looks like she be, could be in your classroom is in her 20s. And you're like, and she's up there rocking it. I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah. Anyway, so I was super excited about it. And I tweeted about it <laughs> when I was watching it. And I tagged everybody and within like minutes, like Jane Whelan like liked it. Cause I said, I mean, my 12 year old me is falling all over, falling in love with her all over again. And then she like, liked that post. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah, dude. I'm like, how can you like, I mean, I might be 51 dude, but I'm, I'm instantly 40 years younger. I'm going, Oh my gosh, my crush is like responding. There you have it. But the doc man is so great. And it covers, I mean, I've seen behind the music for them before and yeah, there we see a ton of material in there that we that, that hasn't been shown before, and those behind the music's are pretty, you know, they, they they go based on whatever they they have given to them. And a lot of times, the artists will give it to them, you know, as long as they're not totally smearing them. But the behind the music's always cover the really dark stuff. But I I, I liked the, the fact that you got to see this band from the beginning and seeing and then talking to everybody, everybody involved in it. Instead of the obvious, you know, Charlotte, Belinda, Jean and Kathy and Jane, and everybody knows that's been the go-go's from the recording on this board. You hear about a couple of the other band members that, you know, that were there at the beginning that just weren't committed like the rest of them were to continue and, and try to make something as a band. Good for them, though. And I think it's still rad, too. They came back and still were pretty much part of the dock because they're part of the Go-Go's history. So I thought it was great that it didn't just go, here's the Go-Go's from the point that you know the five people forward, as opposed to the inception and its development to the point where it, they got to the group being what it was when they started playing in front of bands, big bands, too. Oh, yeah. But through that moment, though, when when they're all talking about how they went to see the Sex Pistols, and they had the highlights from that show where they just kind of basically the Sex Pistols just put one on everybody. Yeah, it's so weird, right? I mean, I, what fascinates me most about this is all the home video. Yes. That, I mean, who did the? I mean, who was shooting that stuff? Right. Who's shooting the stuff in seventy nine eighty? So, you know, seventy right. seventy nine eighty. Yeah. yeah. It's, it looks like Sapruta film, but it's still it's badass. Right. They did a great job matching current stuff too. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I was saying, what I touched on earlier was like some of the technique that they, that went into this and, uh, you know, which you don't usually, uh, you don't, you don't get in a lot of these sort of documentaries. I, I was fascinated, like the stuff in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, again, I just want to know who had the camera. <laughs> right. So neat about it. And thank God there's a very small amount of people producer wise, usually something like this, man, you're seeing like 25 producers, this is nice and simple, but man, what Brett Banks did in the Edipe was just make this cohesive thing of a 40-year story about this band. 
Um, and you get to see them from the beginning and a little bit of why they got into what they got into and seeing all the current interviews right now. It's just, I mean, you get an A to Z. And the thing is, you know, since they, you know, the Go-Go's called it, called it a day in 2016. So it's not, I mean, it's not like we, <laughs> I wouldn't love to go see them again. But if they, and honestly, if they started playing, if they played another show, I would be there, especially LA, man play here this is where you this is where they started this is where they ended their career they closed the greek in 2016 i really hope people watch this and i think it's a fair representation of the band too of yes. who they are where they are where they You're were right. yeah and the impact on the business and in music in general after watching it i, I don't feel like feel like people had like a personal agenda or an ax to grind. No. I mean, there's some, you know, there's some things you, that you could tell are touchy subjects. Like when they touch on the, uh, you know, the, the splitting of the royalties, splitting it even five ways. And Jane, Jane, Jane still seems like she's a little miffed about that whole thing, yeah. but I, they didn't make it about any of these incidents and nobody seemed like they were there to bash. You know, I, I felt like it, it avoided all those kind of pitfalls or maybe they're just, you know, when you look back on your life, you know, the good times outweigh the bad and I feel like a lot of times these documentaries focus on the drama of everything and I right. felt like they kind of didn't do that which really I thought uh, the documentary benefited from right and that makes it more like 30 for 30 and and less like behind the yes. music yeah totally and, and they didn't and didn't sh it's not sugarcoat let's be let's be they, no 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 they didn't skirt it but no. they didn't make that the focus right and that's important too, because it's, it's like it's the celebration of the band and what they did in the in the world, like constantly hanging on that stuff. When you can watch it somewhere else, man. If you want to watch that bullshit, it's right there for you. Go watch it. If you you know, it, it, there are places where you can get that material. But what you don't get in those things is a today interview with everybody and in home videos and photographs and things that they yeah never shared before. Right. It's interesting that they, would, they chose now to just kind of open up and say, yeah, this is this is what we did. This is how we got where we got. You think that something like this would have been done four years ago when they called it a day. But that's what I think is so fresh about it. And honestly, until you said something to me, I forgot about the movie. I knew, I knew it premiered a while back. I knew it was at Sundance, but I just blanked on it. Oh, right. I know your, your response was like, what? Yeah. I didn't know what. <laughs> yeah. And I say that, uh, that clip. Right. And that's when I started building my stupid Go-Go's playlist. <laughs> What's from that, right from that moment on, I'm like, all right, dude, I know what I'm doing for July. It's so good. And I, I immediately wanted to watch it again, but I had a schedule to keep with Joey and watching something with him. But sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to. Dude, I was, I wanted to watch it again so bad. Yeah. I feel like it'll be it'll be something I watch several times, uh, un, not unlike some of those thirty for thirties. Yeah, I wish that I could put them all on a playlist. <laughs> I could because this this could easily go in with the Bruce Lee be water. I mean, yeah. I, I felt like you know the, there's a weird sort of um, you know rhythm that those things have, and uh, this definitely has it. So yeah, I, I will definitely watch this a few times. Yeah. So if you go, if you're not aware where it's where it's at right now, it's only available on Showtime um, or the, any of the Showtime apps. I watched it on, and this might be why I got it a little, maybe a little bit earlier than we had thought it was going to be. Right. Because I got it on, I watched it on Showtime anytime. Maybe it has something to do with it. Yeah, it's funny. I upgraded from uh, Shutter to Showtime just <laughs> so that I could. I, I dumped Shutter and uh, you know watched and got Showtime so I could check it out because I had been wrestling with. There, there's always something on there I wanted to watch, and I was like, okay, well now this seems to be the time. And I don't watch Shutter really much. There are a couple things I wanted to talk about. 
besides the GoGo documentary, which I adored, there are a couple things uh, that are coming out. One, I just realized, and I didn't mention it before, uh, because I think maybe I got the announcement like after we had recorded and we talked so much about everything last weekend. But um, Grindhouse releasing is releasing The Swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> on Blu-ray. Yeah. Which it's a limited edition, 2000 Blu-ray, DVD, and a CD with a score. What? And if, yeah, if you haven't seen The Swimmer and you're a fan of Lancaster and just a fan of, Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how to describe this movie or put it in a genre. No. It's a movie that I saw when I saw it on VHS when I worked in a VHS store because it was like, what the hell is the swimmer? I had Lancaster and I was a big, you know, at that point I was on a Lancaster kick. And I think we had watched From Here to Eternity like 50 times in the <laughs> store, you know. So I put on the swimmer. God damn, if somebody didn't fucking want to rent it. 10 minutes into it. So The Swimmer was a movie for years. I only saw pieces. I could only see it up to a certain point or certain pieces of it because people would rent it, you know? And then it just kind of disappeared. Like when VHS disappeared and it wasn't available for a long time. But I mean, I am so excited to see what they are putting on this movie. Uh, the, you know, there's a, there's a long, weird history about this movie. It disappeared for a long time, not unlike... Uh, Frankenheimer's The Manchurian Candidate, not for the same reasons, um, right. <laughs> obviously. You know, Lancaster, I think, produced it. I want to say Sidney Pollack kind of uh, took over for Frank Perry, who was fired, or maybe Pollack had ghost-directed it, and only now is um, credited as a co-director with Frank Perry. But um, it's an, it's a movie, it's, it's unlike any movie you're going to see. <laughs> and I'm sure that, you know, seeing it in all of its glory in a beautiful aspect ratio, um, you know, and it's been remastered. It's a, it's a new, it's like a two, it's a two K scan. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, this is something that is truly excited me. I mean, I'm excited about those other things we've talked about in the past, but this thing, I was like, no fucking way. Who, uh, who, who do I have to thank in the movie fucking gods for this? Uh, hey, hang on a second. Let me take this phone call. So right. these guys stop bugging me. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Fuck, what were you talking about? Oh, the swimmer. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's really, yeah. I mean, I was kind of wrapping it up. It's, it's got a dope cover, that special one, because there's like yeah, two versions, right? that one, and then there's just the DVD Blu-ray combo. And the, the DVD Blu-ray combo's got a cool, like, old-school thing. It might be in a reproduction of the original one sheet. Yes, yeah, it's him standing on it, standing on the cover in the short, in his swim trunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, but the one above it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really cool. And if you've seen the movie and you're aware of it, that, there's a lot of telling going on there, which is really cool. Right. Like you said, it's a fucking indescribable movie too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how to, uh, part of the fun is for me, it was when I saw it, knowing nothing about it, just knowing that Berlin Caster was in it and then watching it and being like, what the fuck? Right. You know? And then again, seeing it in pieces until I finally was able to sit and see it all at one time mm-hmm. and then being like, what the hell did I just watch? And, you know, I have a feeling, you know, now, being the age of the character in the swimmer, it might open up a whole <laughs> nother, uh, you know, can of worms. Who yeah. knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, and again, it's like the amount of work they put into this thing is like, it's crazy. So yeah, man, yeah, the swimmer, check it out. If you like weird sort of interesting pieces of cinema, you know, I mean, and this is like from Sidney Pollack, somebody who, you know, you kind of think of Pollack as a guy who directed, I don't want to say commercial Hollywood films, but, you know, more 
more times than not, films with big actors. You know, he did a few films with Redford, Three Days of the Condor, stuff like that. But I mean, this is this is a very bizarre, hard to describe, but interesting movie. Uh, so check it out if you haven't seen it. If you you like to collect, you, this might be the thing. Yeah. Because you could always sell it. <laughs> What's really cool is the CD it comes with, it has that alternative cover on it, which I thought was really dope. And yeah, dude, check it out. If you go to the Grindhouse website and take a look, you'll see all the cover art for not just the Blu-ray, but for the CD as well, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, totally. This Yeah, this is a dope release. It's it's not expensive, but you, you're getting a CD too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if you're getting pure collector, it's probably something, you know, that you could collect. It's 2,000 units. And you know how some of those things go, man. Go look at eBay. You know, if you decide you don't like it and you've viewed it once and it's not your thing, you know, you can still probably you'll be able to sell it for, you know, twice what you pay for it. Yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> even even being open. Yeah. Something else I want to talk about. It's more music related, but I know you're a Beatles fan. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, right. So I'm a Beatles fan. Paul McCartney has been doing these, um, what is it? It's called the archive collection. You know, I think he's, you know, where he, he does these, uh, box sets and he's been releasing solo albums, all, you know, going back to wings, uh, up through his solo albums. He's been putting these beautiful packages of these, uh, of his records together. And the latest one that they're dropping, I think it drops next week, uh, or it dropped this week or last week is uh flaming pie from 1997. And mm -hmm. I, I own a couple of them. I think I, I, I got tug of war and I mean, but man, this is just, you know, if it's, it's such good stuff. And, you know, this is an album that probably, you know, people probably missed, you know, unless you're a McCartney fan, which I am a McCartney fan. I know people argue with me all the time. Oh, McCartney sucks. I'm like, does he? Because <laughs> I don't think you know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't like him as a person, but I mean, I don't even know what, why that's a thing. John Lennon, maybe John Lennon wasn't a nice person. I don't know. I was 10 when he died, so I have no idea. These uh, They're doing some really cool stuff with these uh, vinyl, you know, I'm a vinyl collectors. So I'm interested in seeing what, uh, what, what is going to be on this Flaming Pie archive collection series edition. So if you collect records, it's your thing. If you like McCartney, you like the Beatles, you know, you could check out these. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, man, the, the two that I have, the stuff on them is fucking amazing. Like from alternate tracks to rehearsal versions. It's just cool. I mean, you know, and it's, there's a lot of music. So that's the other thing that's kind of interested me is, uh, you know, these archive collect his archive collection series. Go back and take a look at some of the other stuff if you're into it. But I mean, it's good stuff, you know. And I think that dropped last Tuesday, being what was that? Was that the 28th of July? I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Google it. You'll figure it out. <laughs> 28. That works. Go with God. We talked recently about how we were just like passing interest Blu-rays that we had and being being the focus. But we've talked about this movie. I mean, I don't know how many times enough, especially right around after Rucker Howard passed and especially during the, the blind fury episode, MVD entertainment group is putting out, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing this and the treatments are giving it Rucker Howard in split second. <laughs> yes. Coming out August 11th. I, maybe I just overlooked it and I just didn't see it, but holy shit. There was a previous Blu-ray release on this and it was, the transfer wasn't right. Aspect ratio was completely off. 
But this, no fucking around, man. They rim through and did a full 4K scan of the 35 mil internegative, restoring the 185 aspect ratio, which is amazing. Because this movie, it's not super wide. I mean, it's not shot in scope, but it's already 185, man. Don't knock it down to 178. <laughs> right. And, and on top of the fact that the image didn't look that good. No information yet on this, but just based on information alone, just to restore, just the restoration to proper aspect ratio is the most important thing here. Anyway, there are one, two, three, four, five, six different featurettes that range anywhere between 19 minutes and almost 28 minutes. Now, obviously, there's not a lot they can do with Rucker, and these interviews clearly happen after it already passed because he's he's not involved in any of the new featurettes. But they have the original 92 featurette, the making of, not very long, but, you know, you got to make, and that you have Kim Cattrall and Rucker Hauer, Alistair Duncan, who plays, you you know Alistair Duncan from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Correct. Oh, Michael Pollard, of course, is in this, in the little, in the little mini doc, you know, the EPK style thing. Um, there's also a bunch of other night stuff from 92, but another really cool thing they did is they put a full frame Japanese cut in here. Really? And granted it's, stand, it's standard def, but it's 95 minutes. And the original movie, I think is like 93 minutes. 92, right? 92 or, 92 or 93 minutes. But dude, this has got some badass stuff. It's got all oh, of its, it's 90 heat. minutes. So that's an extra yeah. five minutes. Yeah. And then if you wanted to see them just separate, the deleted scenes from the Japanese cut are separate, which is that I just think it's kind of cool. It's, it's kind of drag. It's got a burned in Japanese subtitles. Obviously they found, they found some DVD or some master in the DVD master. And they took it from that. And I don't care. I don't have it. <laughs> so I'll take it. But everything else is on here, man. And, and then, of course, you got this badass reversible sleeve like MVD does where they have an emulated VHS cover and they turn it around and it's some brand new art. But what's cool about the with this one is it has the original, a little bit of a spoiler type cover. I never understood why they did that <laughs> that cover, that one sheet with, with, I don't know what they're trying to go for. Uh, yeah, right. Is it like, is that like a predator? Yeah, it's, it's a cross between, vibe. yeah, kind of cross between a predator and, a, and, and, Ven and Venom. Yeah. At least but when you see the, 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 the artwork that was done here, and I can't, I didn't look up the artist like a big dummy. You don't see the, the, I mean, the creature is there, but it looks more like an alien xenobite. Yeah, totally. And a xenomorph than anything else. Xenobite. Gosh, I'm, I'm such xenobite. a computer dork. <laughs> Anyway, so dude, this this thing looks fucking insane. And we had talked about when record had passed, we'd probably be seeing this kind of thing, but I didn't think it was going to happen a split second. I didn't think that was going to be a title somebody was willing to put the time in on. And no, me neither. But two things you forgot to mention about this movie, why you should see it. Uh, one, Kim Cattrall's in it. Why did I mention Kim? You did, did, did you? I didn't yeah, yeah. Oh, when I was talking about the, the, old, the old school EPK. Oh, okay. The yeah. other thing is Pete Postlewaite. Yes. Shows up uh, in this flick, um, you know, and it's kind of, I feel like this is right around the Pete Postlewaite from Alien 3. Yeah. Right around that time. So yeah, man, this movie is crazy. I, you know, this gives me hope that we will get the blood of heroes to a proper aspect ratio <laughs> and a fucking proper fucking Blu-ray. Because I tried to stream it on Tubi. Oh. It's a four by three. It looks like dog shit. And so, yeah, so Split Second looks amazing, and the movie's really fun. Don't watch it until this Blu-ray comes out. Just don't, because the, this is going to be the best way to see it. Just see it this way. Be patient about it. If you haven't seen yeah. it yet, you can wait two weeks. So just wait. 
Yeah, totally. Because watching it, uh, the aspect ratio, watching it in the wrong aspect ratio is always the worst thing yeah. for any movie. Because I got to say, I watched this on Amazon where it's streaming and it's not in the right aspect ratio. And it kind of was like, I'm like, wait a second. Wait, 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 I knew there was something missing. And that's why. So uh, speaking of aspect ratios... <laughs> Uh, so we're in the middle, if you're listening, you know, we're, we're in the middle of covering Walter Hill. Mm. One of my favorite Walter Hill movies is uh, Extreme Prejudice. So I was like, God, I want to watch it. And I had this shitty artisan DVD, which I threw away because it was four by three. Right. Uh, the aspect, and that's a movie that needs to be seen in the proper aspect ratio. Totally. Right? Yep. So I see that it's on Amazon Prime and I see that you can rent it. And I've rented things before, like I was like Boiling Point, the James B. Harris film. The DVD is was always just a four by three piece of shit, standard. For, they never cared about the movie. But if you watch it on Stars, it's in one eight five. So I'm like, okay, well, God, they wouldn't, they wouldn't dare rent a four by three version of fucking Extreme Prejudice, would they? Yes, is the answer. <laughs> God damn it. So I go through all the trouble downloading it, getting it on there, watching the thing. It starts up and I'm like, oh no. Right. Dude, I'm going to say it is a direct transfer from the 1987 video cassette tape. <laughs> it's, it, 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 that's, that's literally what it is. The credit, the title, the IVE fucking logo when it comes out, I'm like, because that's where I saw it the majority of times I've seen the movie was in VHS. And this streaming pile of shit <laughs> is 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 the quality of a 1987 VHS, which is not wrong. There's nothing wrong with it if it's 1987 and you're watching it with your buddies and you're 17 years old and you're just you just want to see Powers Booth and Nick Nolte go at it and do coke and have sex with Marie Conchita Alonso and shoot everybody. Great. But if you're trying to watch it as a grown-up and you want to see a, the film for the way it was it's supposed to be seen. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. And I'm so pissed. And I, I just don't know why that movie hasn't been taken by somebody and restored. I mean, Shout Factory has done beautiful versions of Streets of Fire, Brewster's Millions, Trespass. I don't know if it's the rights are tied up somewhere. Somebody won't release it. But I mean, we, we've got, you know, every other Walter Hill movie I can think of has been taken and loved and gotten a fucking great makeover for a boutique blu-ray with the exception of <laughs> extreme prejudice and i don't know why and I, I want someone to fix it that's all that's all i got right there there are a couple other titles that they're that, are, that come by the wayside but it's just it's just it's just a good rule of thumb if you're ever on amazon and you're going to buy something or you're going to buy digital from them or you're going to rent digital from them do yourself a big favor just look really close at which one you're selecting. There's no choice in this one anyway, because it was a, it's, it says SD and that's all you get. But at minimum, I figured you were going to get a 16 by nine standard. Yeah, of depth. course. I've Me never too. I've never rented anything where it said SD as because it was like the only thing available that it wasn't at least letterboxed. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Just I mean, but dude, I sent you pictures. I was just like. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even finish it. I'm just, it's sitting there. And I, every time I turn on my hand, I was like, you know, continue watching. I'm like, no, not it's, even fucking close. It's bad. People don't understand how, how much that affects. You're not seeing the movie where you're supposed to. No, you're not seeing the movie you want to see either. Uh, can you imagine? Like, I mean, Basic Instinct's not a great movie, but that movie is super fucking wide. I mean, that movie's scope. And it, when the 
VHS came out, you know, this is back when Sony TriStar in their fucking arbitrary <laughs> pan and scan moves. I've never, everything, everything they ever put out, the movie Hero, Basic Instinct, there's a couple other movies where they're focused on one thing and they do this pan over. They're, they're, they're the only ones that did it. Sony was and TriStar was the only one that did it ever. And it just drove me fucking insane because you could feel the move. It's like, and it, and it like vibrates and it like, it's like, you know how you drag something heavy across a, across a table or something like that and it kind of makes that noise and vibrates yeah. a little bit? That's what the image looks like as you're pulling it across. It's like a visual version of that being dragged across the screen so you can focus on another character. No, just letterbox it, you fuckers. I mean, really, are there not many people complaining about the black bars still? Come on, stop. Right. I mean, dude, like, I don't know anybody who complains about black bars. No. Nope. I mean, my, you know, that was always my parents thing. That's why, you know, they never understood. Like, so if I bought something for my, you know, I'd always have to buy, you know, the standard version for my dad. Like, here you go. <laughs> Here's Lawrence of Arabia. Hey, standard God, version. <laughs> what, hey, what's the focus point? Just watch it. They're going to, they're going to go back and forth between his two <laughs> eyes, between Lawrence's eyes. One of the first times, one of the worst experiences I've ever had as far as a non-TriStar movie was watching Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Like on VHS. No, man. That's why I was so happy when I got that that imported Blu-ray uh, Laserdisc, dude. I watched that thing all the time. We we got that at the video store and we would import it and we would sell it right away. we get like four or five of them and they would sell for twice as much. Yeah. Because you, because you couldn't get them. Days laser wasn't carrying them and we, we would get them and we just had the through line for that. And we would get 10, like, you know, five to 10 of them at a time and they would sell within a day or two. First of all, it wasn't available anywhere else. And this was an official release. This was not like a bootleg that hit Laserdisc, which happened a lot back in the nineties, but oh, no, yeah, for sure. This is, this was a legit release and it was just as clean as the DVD was when that would come out three years later, just as clean. Right. But if you watch the VHS version of that and you have your scene at Jackrabbit Slims and you got that, yeah. you've got, there's no Jackrabbit Slims. Right. Dude, I'm sorry, man. The irony, of course, is them going into just before they go into Jack Rabbit Slims, don't be a square. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. They go in there and I'm sorry, but you Uma Thurman's back and John Travolta's backs are to the edge, the very edge of the left and right frame. It's like you're looking at, you know, it's like a it becomes a movie about outfits. Yeah. Extreme close-ups of outfits. Stupid. I mean, I think the first movie for me that ever I really noticed it, like from seeing the movie in a theater and then seeing the movie on tape, was The Outsiders. Oh. The end where Pony Boy is writing the story, right? And Johnny and Dally are both dead, and like you know, Pony's sitting there after after he's gotten his ass kicked at the gang fight. Spoilers. <laughs> and then <laughs> right, and you know, Johnny Cade appears on one side. Hey, Pony, da, 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 you tell Dally he should look at a sunset, and then you cut to Dallas smoking a cigarette on the motorcycle. Okay, right. So you see, there's this, there's a three shot in you know when you see it in the theater, and then on VHS. All you see is like the cigarette smoke from Matt Dillon, like peeking in as they never pull off of Thomas Howe. You never see Johnny. You just hear him say it. And then you see like like the cigarette smoke and like piece of Matt Dillon's hand. And I was just like, <laughs> and I was so mad. And I was probably, I don't know, like 14. And I was like, this is bullshit. Where's Johnny and Dally? Yeah. yeah. 
back in the day when we were yelling at the screen, sound, right. yell sound, at the TV or focus. get up and fucking hit the VCR and eject the tape and throw it out because you're mad. It was funny when to, to find out later in life, you know, when you yell at the guy, focus. I never knew that there were that those guys were like in a union and and you had to be this and to play back stuff and I'm like I never understood that I'm like well what the fuck's he doing up there then if there's somebody that's up there having to hit play so to speak right but what's he doing isn't his job if he's gonna be you know if he's gotta be union he's gonna stand up there and isn't he have to be the one paying attention to make sure shit's in focus isn't he one cleaning the lens before they start showing stuff I don't get it but no. I couldn't imagine watching the outsiders like that. Yeah, it's dude. That's that's what that's, that's what the VHS was. And I mean, it was a couple of months that we just lost his mind. I mean, dude, nobody did anything about it. That was the thing back then. No one, you know. I don't know if directors just didn't care. What the hell is that? Ah, stop! It's really talkative porn, dude. Wow, that was weirdest commercial. I was looking up the outsiders and you know, like when you look at it and like some stupid commercial comes on. No commercials. For uh whatever that was. You know, some <laughs> terrible Amazon original. Paris. Oh yeah. They, Church kids or whatever it was called. Well, you know, they shove it at the beginning of everything. Now you can fast forward past it. Skip in four seconds. <laughs> it's so loud. It too, there's so much loud in the movie. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Because I had the volume all the way down. Like on the on the computer, it's weird. Anyway, nah. I guess Amazon doesn't tolerate that. They'll play it as loud as they want. Um, it's just weird. I guess I, I would say that probably back in the when when home video first came on the scene, directors weren't consulted or asked, and you know, I guess also TVs weren't what they were. You know, they were they were squares, so maybe right. you know, it all seemed okay. But uh, you know, once they started turning but i mean i always notice like i said i noticed with the outsiders and you know can you imagine watching like apocalypse now in a four by three now or you know just any of those kind of movies if you gotta figure though if our parents are going what's with you know what's with the bars right some executives probably doing the same thing sure you know yeah especially then yeah you know, too, too busy doing blow what is the I don't know what is the, oh man they thought their eyes were shutting or something <laughs> the only good things about those black bars is I can see where my cocaine is when I, on top of them right <laughs> I can do lines on the television <laughs> turn it over lay that thing flat yeah. give me a blade give me a credit card it doesn't matter <laughs> well I'm gonna close out my stuff for the week go ahead with and I haven't watched but the first 10 minutes of the new season because I had to, I, this is one of those, I had to put aside the time for this because I know I'm going to blow right through them in a session or maybe two nights. But um, the Umbrella Academy has returned to Netflix for season two. And it, oh my gosh, I love this show so much. This is, this is basically, if you want to describe it in simplest terms, this is a cross between X-Men and and uh, Amazon's The Boys as far as the tone of, the, of it. But it's more like X-Men as far as these kids and everything um, being at the, the school and everything. It, it's it's something, if you're into the, if you end at all, into the first season at all, this, from what I've seen so far, it, it fully lives up to the hype of a season two. It doesn't seem so far, again, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, what, what are you going to do? Like, you can't tell sophomore slump or not that early on, but it looks so much fun and everybody and, and it's Again, you become very, very much like family when you start watching stuff and you kind of become married to characters pretty quickly. 
if you're into a show anyway. But like that was the same thing with Community and Parks and Rec. Even though those, those are comedies, when you become affectionate towards the cast, then it's kind of easy to kind of be a little less um, critical of a show. Um, you're kind of like, it's pizza, man. I'm, you know, I always love that phrase. Yeah, but it's still pizza. And, but California pizza is considered pizza and it's kind of shitty. So Right. All pizza's not good. No, no, pizza's not good, dude. So you just can't take that blanket statement. But I'm excited for uh, Umbrella Academy. If you saw it the first season and enjoyed it, I got a feeling so far from what I've seen. It's, uh, I don't want to say return to form because they never really lost the form. Um, I love everybody in this. But there's one person in particular that I have a massive affection for, and it's uh, Emmy Raver. Well, she goes by Emmy Raver and Lampman now. She got married. But we saw her years ago, and she was the understudy in Wicked. And when we saw her at Pantage, we saw the Wicked at Pantages, we had her as opposed to the the main performer for Alfia. And she was amazing. My buddy had seen her like the week before and said we got the understudy. And so we got lucky and got her too. And she's awesome. This is the first thing that she did um, in front of the camera. She's been performing. She toured with Wicked um, and she toured with Hamilton before. The Hamilton was the last thing she did before she did the first season of Umbrella. And man, this show is so much fun and it's not what you think. And if you haven't seen the first season, you dive in. Maybe the second season won't live up to it. But this first season stands on its own. It's pretty great. What the fuck was that? don't know. It sounded like Teddy Bear from AI. <laughs> Could have been. It might have been my dog growling oh. at the other dog. That was awesome. Anyway, Umbrella Academy, damn it. You already got Netflix, so it's it's technically free for you if you already have it. <laughs> so there. Yeah, that, man. That's I, it I'm for me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's, I, that's all I got. It's been a slow week. Man, I really hope everybody's enjoying the Walter Hill series. Yeah, man. Driver. We recorded the the last episode um, yesterday. I shouldn't say the last episode, but the episode coming up this Thursday, we recorded it um, yesterday. And... <laughs> This movie's so good too. I mean, it's you're gonna. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. You know, we certainly picked a good director to start off with. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. It's so funny. Like, what do you guys got next? Uh, what's the guy that did all those all those Ernest movies? That's who we're covering next, <laughs> right? So, yeah, we're gonna be covering uh, James Signorelli films, the films of James Signorelli. Right. We need to dive. We need to go into the basement, to the the depths of cinema, to find the next director. Just so we have, just so we can only go up <laughs> because we started at the top, man. We really did. Yeah, right. I know. It's, uh, <laughs> well, guys, now what do you do? Yeah. Top, no build top up. that, boys. We could cover the films of James Signorelli. When I read them to you, dude, you might be like, oh, yeah, we should definitely cover those. I'm going to give you some of the highlights. Do it. Easy Money, Rodney Dangerfield, Joe Pesci which is my favorite Rodney Dangerfield movie. Police Academy 2, <laughs> their first assignment. You dudes are setting a bad example. Elvira, Mistress of the Darkness. Oh, uh, shit, maybe we have to cover it. Because <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen those three movies uh, at least once in the last uh, six months. Yeah, sorry, me four too. months. And I'm gonna say though, that's it though. That's we we it would just be a we just need to find a month that only has three weeks in it. Uh, <laughs> we save it for February. Yeah, we'll we'll save him for February. We'll oh no, because next February we have to come back around and take care of Bert. Right. Uh yeah, James Signorelli. Maybe you know, James, hang on. We might get to you, buddy. That's a good place to start. And you know what? Everybody's got those movies, and if they don't, they're probably streaming somewhere. <laughs> they're probably on Look, Tubi. Man, everybody has seen those three movies. I know it.
<laughs> right? But how good is Easy Money? Easy Money is like yeah. by far my favorite Rodney Dangerfield well, movie. And I like Back to School a lot. Right. And the thing about Easy Money is for a lot of people, that's their introduction to Pesci. You know, they, Pesci, Tom Noonan, yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee, yeah. Taylor Negron. I mean, I think I, I love I think, Taylor. Was she was uh, Easy Money? Was Easy Money before Fast Times, or I think they maybe came out the same year. Mm, no, maybe. Fast Times came out first. Yeah, I was gonna say because I think Easy Money came out in '83. Because she, because yeah, because she had an introducing credit, doesn't she? Maybe. But then uh, again, yeah. a lot of people have an introducing credit. Maybe they didn't have one. <laughs> there you have it, Tom Yule, who you may remember from Seven Year Itch, starring Marilyn Monroe, and Beretta. He was Beretta's uh, what do you call it mentor. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, he's the old dude that uh, Beretta with all these, uh, I think his name, what's his name, Fred on the show? Fred. Well, there you go. So there's our Kickstarter for, uh, to open up August. August 3. There's a lot of good movies coming out this month on, for home video. It's almost like, uh, these things were announced a while ago, so it's not like it's all of a sudden like, hey, we're already staying home. Let's put out some stuff. And lots of good stuff coming this month, too. And so I'm excited about it. By the way, that Days of Thunder, the 4K, looks beautiful. Just be warned, for those of you that are picking it up, the digital version of it is... Four by three? No. <laughs> Thankfully not. But you know what it is? Not cleaned up. Uh, the, there's just, like, dirt all over the thing. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What did you guys use to make this digital copy? They must be. They must have reused something that was already in existence because this is not. I didn't even pay attention to see if it was 4K or not. So an old VHS. <laughs> no, it still looks like high def. So there's. It's at least that. But the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray looks better. The 4K looks better. I don't know what they were thinking there, but they weren't. We were talking thinking. about how amazing Paramount has been lately. Right. Jinxed it. Anyway, there's lots of great stuff out there. And please, this is something else too. You guys listen to us yammer about what we're into, what we're excited about coming up. God, share the same things with what you're discovering. Hey, if you like this, this, and this, share that. You know, do it on Patreon or you can do it on Twitter, whatever you want. Just or DM us. Nobody's ever DM'd us for anything. Just share some ideas with us. That's, you know, Dungeon Master us. Right, dude. Look, we did four episodes, right? We did or three episodes, three or four episodes we did based on recommendations from our, you know, from the audience. They, yep. They were some of the best episodes too. Blind Fury is one of them. We just mentioned it. Right. Give us ideas too. We have a lot to call from. <laughs> we kind of both have pretty big libraries. And if we don't have it, the other one has it. And if we don't, then I'm, I buy it or you buy it, whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah make some recommendations. I mean, gosh, there's, there's so much stuff online right now that everybody has access to that's free. Or we're all already in that boat. We're already in the Netflix and the Hulu and the Prime boat. So if you find something on there, and believe me, there's lots of stuff on there I've never seen. And the stuff that I've passed, I'm like, I don't want to watch that. I don't know what that's about. But I'm also not, you know, I'm I'm adventurous. Just share it, man. Maybe you'll find out uh, something that you love. We may love too. God forbid. I mean, I know there's plenty of episodes we've done where people are like, going, are you really fucking recommending that piece of shit? Sure. And I'm like, well, yeah, man. That's what I'm recommending. So. Yes. Please share your thoughts. Damn it. You might not know it. You might like it. You, who knows? Maybe we haven't seen it. Maybe we might like it. So yeah, share your thoughts. Yeah, share your thoughts. Sharing is caring. It is. And that's where I like to go out. <laughs>
So uh, if you want to follow us on social media and do all these things we just asked you to do, like contact us and in text and tweet and DM and torment, whatever you want to do, man. I don't mind, dude, I don't mind a little tormenting. I'm again, I'm adventurous. I meant torrent. Oh, torrent. Sorry. No, I meant torment. Okay. Because I was going to say, man, don't start talking about pirating. Do we ever, I don't know, shit, that's the first time we ever started pirating. Oy. Let's not talk. Yeah, I don't condone. No. I need a little bit. So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Culp, the official at Karate Pod, or on Letterboxd at Corey underscore Culp. And if you're so generous as to want to support the show on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter, Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram, or at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. Tom, Tom Cody. Cody.